All right, it's Ryan from the Avery Adventures podcast. I'm rolling solo today. I do not have Tanya, so uh, I'll try to get through it without her. But I'm in beautiful Post Falls, Idaho, and I'm at Unknown Munitions. I struggle to say that because it used to have a different name. So Unknown <laughs> Munitions. I'm with Jake Mushaney. Yes, did sir. I get it right? Yes, sir, you did. Those Irish names are hard. Yeah, they're tough. So, Jake, when did you uh, when did you start this? Um. I think kind of the idea started actually, it was, it was my wife and I were sitting in a restaurant local here and we were kind of in a, in a place where we could maybe let her start up her own little business. She kind of, you know, wanted to start something new. And I asked her, you know, if if she could do anything she wanted to do, uh, what would she, what would she do? What kind of business? And she really couldn't come up with anything. And she asked me the same question. And I said, well, if I could start up, uh, any business in the world, I love doing this, and this is what I would do with it. So kind of that's how the idea started. Um, shortly after, I just started rolling with it. We, we sat around. We talked about names. Uh, from a name, it turned into a logo, and then licensing and working on an FFL, which is a, a complex process for manufacturing. And it just slowly picked up. Uh, there, there's something in particular that I remember that was kind of this this breaking point where it was time to start buying stuff for inventory and tooling. And that was like the game changer decision. It was either, (laughs) Hey, this was just an idea to talk about, or Hey, let me spend all this money and start bringing stuff in and, and and really go for it. So I'm glad I did. And and here we are, we've been in uh, actual business for just finishing on our first quarter for three months now. And it's done much better than I expected, much better than, than, you know, my wife who, who has faith in me, but was still a little <laughs> leery about it. You know, it's, it's done much better than she expected. And, you know, we're really starting to get excited about the future and, and working on different, different things for next year. And before yeah. we even get into what unknown munitions is, what, what's a, where, what did you do before? Or what do you still do? What supports what you're doing now to make this work? So, so I come from a, uh, I have a day job where I, I come from an engineering and a software background. I'm responsible for uh, managing technical service across North America. I get involved as kind of a, an end of the line repair guy, uh, mostly work from home and, you know, that kind of data driven, um, precise job where you have to work through complex troubleshooting processes, take in a bunch of information from different people and figure out maybe what they haven't done yet. Uh, take a different look at the situation, uh, think outside the box to try and come up with a, with an idea that hasn't been tried. And, um, it's a very data driven job. So that kind of, uh, moved me into being a very, perfectionist type of guy i guess or or are you the guy they call when there's no other answer that's right when when everybody has given up and there's no more ideas or answers for you know a solution to that problem i'm the last guy in that line so i've been doing that for for 12 years now and i still love that job it's it's you know it's always going to be my day job but that really you know has put me in a place to uh work from home and, and do this, this secondary job, this, this new business on the side and, and help grow it. And, uh, yeah. All right. So getting into the business, wh- what is it's reloading? I mean, pretty much you can reload any, any kind of round out there to a Pacific recipe for the end user. Yeah. Tell us your process. When did you start? When did you get into reloading for yourself? Um, <laughs> it hasn't been very long, believe it or not. It was, uh, 
when I lived in in a different state, uh, I'll just, I, <laughs> I guess I'll just say it. I, I moved to Idaho from California, like so many have a, a few years back. But uh, my best friend, his name is Dave. He he lives down there in Southern California, and uh, he was into kind of long range shooting. And we rode mountain bikes together a lot. And he wanted me. He was like, well, if I get a mountain bike, you need to get into shooting. So he got the mountain bike. I got into shooting. And uh, I'm one of those types of guys that that I go full bore on anything that I do. So it started with uh, with buying a rifle, research on reloading. I kind of – I actually snuffed a little bit of reloading in the beginning because it was such a minimal cost savings uh, to invest in all this equipment and all this time. And I'm all about you know time and being efficient and mm-hmm. things like that that I kind of just shined it on. But then I started to read about it and how much more accurate you could be when reloading your own rounds. And it just really started as a – as a research project where I just read uh, everything that could be read about the subject. And then, and then kind of after taking everything in, I, I'm data driven. So I started collecting my own data. I tried different processes, uh, saw how they affected the results, the end result, really. Uh, there's so many different steps and processes you can do in reloading. What, what are really the most important steps in that process? What are going to, you know, what steps are going to give you the most benefit, the most advantage in the end? And, and yeah, that's, that's how it started. So um, kind of perfected the process that we're using today in unknown munitions. And yeah. Do you, I think that's one of the biggest fallacies in the shooting long range is you're going to save a bunch of money reloading your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think in the end, uh, you're not saving much money. No, I think you have to do it a, because you're addicted to the sport a little bit mm. and B you want better than what factory ammo offers. Yeah, for sure. Or and, you want maybe a combination that you can't buy off the shelf, which is something that we're really working on. You know, you want to shoot that heavy for caliber bullet or there's something new comes out or, or maybe there's not a lot of good factory options like 20 nozzler. Um, we're really, uh, we're basically a one-stop shop, whatever you want to shoot, we can build it for you. I don't know what it is about the 28 nozzle, but when I reposted your thing, I probably in the last 12 months have had 30 to 40 conversations about finding good loaded 28 nozzle bullets. And they're, they're it. I mean, they're not out there in the factory form. I mean, you you do it and maybe a few other companies out there do it, but there is no, I don't think nozzle makes great bullets factory wise. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of any other factory level companies making 28 nozzle brass. No. And I think in particular 20 nozzle, there are some cartridges with basically they're a little finicky. They have some, something inherent in the design of the cartridge and and the shape and and so on. And that, that just makes them a little harder to develop loads for. And we'll talk a little bit more, you know, later about the process we're using and how we eliminate some of those variables to, to really fine tune around. But 20 nozzle is just one of those. I think guys in general that are hand loading and developing loads themselves, they're still having a hard time finding an accurate load for 28 nozzle. And I've had several conversations as well as with guys specifically about that cartridge. And yeah, it's just, that might be one of the tougher ones. Yeah. Nozzle. I got some nozzle factory stuff and it, it was terrible. Yes. It wasn't particularly accurate. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, it just may have been that gun, but I'm not the only one that I've heard that from. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny when you posted that. Cause I was like, mm, that yeah. solves a lot of people's problems. Hey, and they? that was a, that, that, that's a pretty cartridge, you know, loading up in uh and we'll talk a lot about ADG brass, but ADG brass is, it's, it's, it's a pretty looking piece of brass and you put a nice piece of brass with a nice bullet on top. And, you know, people shop with their eyes at the same time, you know, it did. Yeah. 
it uh it looks as good as it shoots at least when when we're loading it so people are pretty one of the we're talking about a little bit one of the people reasons why people do their own reload is they're finicky they want their ammo to come out they want the low ssd es as possible Mm -hmm. you know they may have certain problems with you know mag length they need to have it loaded for but take us through what your reloading process is and on a side note i was blown away when i came into a shop it's if you were to see mine to his you would know who probably makes better ammo because I look like an episode of Hoarders and uh, he looks like he's on the uh, upper end of uh, like Beverly Hills. It's just spotless reloading room, which is not not normal for me to see from my reloading habits. So anyways, take us through your reloading process, what you use and how you make your recipes. Yeah, so I think a, a, a big part of that to start is, you know, having a library of data that I've collected over the last several years uh, for specific cartridges and being able to, you know, start with a, a powder that's going to work well in that cartridge, you know, d- depending on the size of the cartridge for burn rate and so on. And uh, yeah, just having data available from being able to test all of these rounds myself. I have a a test rifle that's on a stiller action and we have several uh, pre-fit remage barrels and we basically just swap through the barrels. Uh, all the rounds that we sell, we go out and fire them first. We look for uh, the Titus SD or the best velocity node. You know, mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about that, but you know, certain bullets and, and cartridges that they're, they're best shot in a certain range of velocities. Uh, so like I said, we really get to test those beforehand before they, they reach the consumer, but moving into our process. So, you know, during that that previous history of me testing different processes and looking for the uh, Titus at ES and SD, like like everybody is, I found that if you could not eliminate powder charge as a variable, it's difficult to troubleshoot anything further down the line. So what that means is that let's take a Charge Master for example. Mm-hmm. RCBS Charge Master may be the most common powder throw machine across the entire reloading community. Gotcha. But it might have a variance of a tenth up to 0.15 uh, of a grain variance across, let's say, 10 shots that you throw with it. Um, Long Range Shooters at Utah did a nice little article where he did some actual testing with, uh, I think, two or three different powders and a Charge Master. And yeah, Charge Master is guaranteeing a tenth of a grain accuracy, which is great. But when you really get into the details, each grain, let's say, of H4350 weighs 0.02 grains, each grain of powder. Mm-hmm. Now, I should say kernel of powder. Kernel, each kernel yep. of powder weighs 0.02 grains. If you were to have a variance of, let's say, 0.01 or I'm sorry, 0.14 uh, from throw to throw off of a charge master, each grain of H4350 is worth between one and two feet per second on your velocity. So just the inherent built-in accuracy of the scale in the charge master, if you measure from the the extremes of, of the spread, you already have a 15 foot per second variance just in one throw to the next in your own hand loading process. Right. If you're doing a load development or you're trying to find, you know, the best recipe for your rifle and you're starting with a 15 foot per second variance, mm-hmm. you have already ruined yourself you have built-in problems with your process before you even got off the ground so recognizing that as a major uh, source of of variance in loads we use the and fx 120i scales that have 0.02 resolution 
That means that those scales can throw to the kernel accurate throws under 10 seconds every time without fail. I mean, of course, you know, you get a little clump in the straw or whatever. Sometimes a charge goes up or down, but we, we get rid of those. But we're looking for 0.02 plus or minus, mm -hmm. which basically means kernel accurate powder throws every single time, every charge. So once you can eliminate powder charge itself as a variable in your reloading process, the next thing I found that has the, the greatest impact on your uh, accuracy out of your load would be neck tension. So finding a certain process to have as consistent of neck tension as possible that's repeatable um that is is works well to scale uh, we use carbide mandrels now it could be either the expander mandrel or the neck turning mandrel uh, an expander mandrel is one thousandth under neck tension and a neck turning mandrel is two thousandths under i'm sorry under bullet diameter um, so depending on the type of brass that we're using, maybe the, the, the hardness of the brass around the neck, we may use a, an expander or a neck turning mandrel to set proper, uh, neck tension, but we're looking for around a thousandth and a half of neck tension for, uh, for most rounds. If, if you're shooting hunting rounds that are just built for hunting, you might want a little more neck tension mm -hmm. just to, uh, eliminate the possibility maybe of bullet movement for field use. You want them to be in there a little right. bit tougher, but so we run a mandrel through each and every case, whether they're new or reloads, every single time that brass will pass over a mandrel. Now what that's doing is it's pushing all the imperfections that are inside the neck to the outside of the neck. It is making a perfectly concentric neck, meaning that uh, it's a perfect circle. And really what, it, and it's setting the neck tension. It's the same size mandrel through every single neck, setting your neck tension. After we're done with that, uh, we take it over to the three-way trimmer it's going to deburr chamfer and, you know, cut the, the case to length all in one shot. And again, that's happening, you know, one piece of brass after another. So now we have a, a neck that's the same length as every other neck, you know, assuming the, the shoulder is in the same position. Um, yeah, then we're ready for primer and powder and bullet. So. How, one question I didn't, I was going to ask you, what do you do so you get in or can you even do anything with, the setback on the shoulder on the ammo you get or the brass you get from AMG. You just have to leave it at that particular place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not measuring, measuring base to shoulder with the ADG brass. We're just loading it. Uh, the way it comes in, we're not full body sizing anything gotcha. like that. I think, I think their process is they, they have well enough quality control that cases are consistent. Now, of course, when we get lots in, we are measuring them to make sure they're consistent. Um, but they have, quite good quality control in place to control uh, overall dimensions of the case themselves. But yeah, so if it's, if this is new ammunition that you're pur purchasing from us, we are not full body sizing. We are not bumping necks. That's uh that's for reloading only. Yeah. I bought some, <clears throat> I bought some PRC brass or loaded ammo from you with AMG uh, brass and, or, and I shot it. And I shot it at the range and it did pretty well. And then I took it over to Montana and I shot out to 1400 yards with it. And in a half size, like the half size Ipsix, I was able to hit a steel target three out of four times. And the ES was nine, wow. which is crazy. <laughs> and that's never been fired in my gun before. Just virgin brass throwing yeah. it in the gun. So yeah. I always hear that debate of whether it can or can't be. Well, in that 
particular rifle and that particular load, I was shooting 153 A-tips. And what was the powder, H-1000? Uh, yes. And it was money. A lot of guys don't like H-1000. We have... Uh, slow. That's why people don't like it. It's a little slow. We have a lot of data, and we're able to get consistent single-digit, most always single-digit SDs, almost always uh, single-digit ESs as well. But it's a good powder for us. And, and being a... Uh, you know, an ammunition manufacturer, we're trying to use powders that are readily available. Of course, you have your, your you know, your VIT N570. That you you <laughs> brought some gold. over today. It is like gold. But if I were to develop, if I were to develop loads specifically with that powder, not only is it expensive, it's not available for many of my distributors, and then it's hard to come by. So, you know, working specifically for a customer, we want something that's going to be available. Mm-hmm. Not only when you buy ammo now, but if you want to purchase the same ammo six months from now and you want that zero to be the same, you want that ammo to shoot the same, we need to have the same powder. So, Yeah, if for being the person that manufactures ammo, you can't sell it if you don't have it. That's right. That's so right. It makes total sense. But yeah. I think the reasoning behind H1000, don't get me wrong, I think it's one of the most consistent powders on the market. People get great accuracy out of it, but you know. Americans want that speed, man. They mm. want that race car with consistency. That's yeah. another that's another sensitive subject for some guys. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's you know, maybe, you know, getting the biggest motor in your car or in your motor home, you know, and uh they just want uh they want to rock the fastest velocity. But in the end it's all about being able to put the bullet on target. And it is. whether you can do that with a three thousand foot per second six five PRC or a twenty nine hundred foot per second six five PRC Unless you're at the the far reaches of that bullet's uh, energy, you know, kind of table there, it's uh, maybe it doesn't make a, a difference to that elk. I mean, if you're shooting an elk at 500 yards, does he care if it was moving at 25 or 26 when it hit him? No. If you can put that bullet, I mean, bullet placement, at least for, for hunting, right? you could agree that bullet placement is probably the first most important factor, not how much energy you're getting on target. Of course, that's very important too, but. Right. I would think you could argue I've, I've had this debate a million times on rock slide. Per, per, uh, perfect bullet placement is obviously should be your top priority, mm. but to get per, if you start extending ranges, cause it, to me, a lot of this crap don't matter under 600 yards because mm-hmm. you can take a lot of stuff off the shelf and you could take a minute and a half gun or hell, even a two minute gun and probably get it done out to five, 600 yards. Mm-hmm. Everything compounds once you pass that six, eight, not, not even dialing either. You're just holding over in your, yeah. In I mean, you can, you can fudge a lot if you don't have that extended range, mm-hmm. you know, if you practice, but to me, faster BC, there's a lot more play, but I want from what I've seen with elk and deer antelope, pretty sure you could hit them with the car keys and knock them down sometimes, mm-hmm. but elk are just tough. And I've debated this a lot and, I'm going to make a bad shot. I'm human. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm going to mess that wind call up at 800 yards and I'm going to hit him in the guts. I've had it happen. And people say, oh, I've never had that happen. Well, they haven't hunted long enough. That's right. People get all pissed off about that answer, but it's the truth. Right. So I want to cheat everything I can with the most accurate rifle, heavy for caliber. That's why I went to the 300 Terminator. It's going to put a 245 grain bullet, hopefully, on target, coming out of the muzzle somewhere around 3,100. And you have a, what, a 0.8 bc on it uh, so it's, it's cutting the wind i mean it's going to hit with authority and if i jack up that wind call yeah. instead of it being six inches yeah. at 800 yards it yeah. might be three inches at 800 yards there which changed from gut to hit maybe talk taking out that diaphragm liver and making him go pretty much nowhere I, I would have to completely agree that's why 
That's why I chose your your three hundred Nancy. <laughs> yeah, um, that's another one that gets people's. I don't care what you shoot. I just like you know. I do like to stir the pot once in a oh, while. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I mean, I completely agree with you on all your points. The the bigger bullet you're shooting, uh, the faster the bullet's moving, the more it's going to buck the wind. The the greater energy it's going to have on target at that distance, and the, and you know it gives you a little bit of fudge room. You know, if you're if you're just outside the the box, you know, it's yeah. still probably going to take them down and, um, I have to completely agree, but you know, to, to, to move to that point, I mean, that's something that we're here to do today. We're, we're here to load large for caliber rounds. We're here to make your ammunition more accurate so that that, that shot you take, I mean, we all, we all prep for hunting all year. We're thinking about it all year. What gear are we going to use? Am I going to get that new tent? What am, what am, what am I going to do different this year? Where am I going to hunt? You're, you're looking at Onyx, you're looking all over, but it really comes down to that one single cold bore shot. All of that preparation, all of that practice, everything that you do, all the money you spend on ammunition and rifle, and can you make that one shot? And that's what we're here to do. So we're here to give you some ammunition that that not only can you not buy off the shelf, but it's going to have the tightest ESSD available out there. And, you know, you're not going to know until you try it. You know, but it's it's nearly the same cost. I mean, if we're talking Hornady brass, it's nearly the same cost with any bullet. What you're going to spend with us, and what you're going to spend on the shelf at Cabela's. So, yeah, I can't argue those points with a far better, you know, built, no, we're, built we're, bullet. We're trying to help you get that elk at 700 that you might have passed up last season because you weren't comfortable past 500. How about a little more practice, a little better ammunition, and now all that preparation you did is going to pay off with that with that kill shot. Mm-hmm. You know, at 700 that you would have never taken before. I like how you so. put the practice in there. Cause I think that's, that's lost on Oh man! some guys can just grab this rifle and start banging away at eight, 9,000 yards and not have the, the practice or the know-how. And that's how bad things happen, even with good equipment. Yes, sir. We touched on a little bit. Do you want to add anything? I'm trying to go off the questions as best I can. How do you, uh, how do you guarantee a consistency? You touched on a little bit. Is there anything you want to add to it? Um, yeah. So we're not, we're not loading ammunition until you buy it. I mean, when you buy your box of a 6.5 PRC, whether you had purchased 50 or 500, I was going to load them one after another in a row with identical lot numbers for all of the components of your ammunition. You know, it's not, this is not some off the shelf stuff that some of it was built in September. Some of it was built in November and some in March the next year. And you you might be buying old stock for me when you, it, when I first started business, I did load some ammo and I did have some stuff on the shelf. And that was actually a mistake first. Cause I picked the wrong stuff to put on the shelf. It, you know, it's, uh, it's not what guys are after, but you know, it kind of, it wasn't what I ended up wanting to go with. So now, I mean, you, you order 500 pieces today or 50, it's all going to be built in a row. It's being built at each, each station is going to have one operator. It's going to be, it's not going to be three different people pushing primers in your brass. It's not going to be three different people pushing bullets or, two different presses or dies it's 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 like you would do it you know if if you were loading ammo in your garage and you can picture a room that had all of the best equipment possible to load that's what we're doing here and you know when when it comes to load development we're we're treating each and every rifle like it's our own i'm we're developing a load for that rifle the same way that we would for for our hunting rifles or our competition rifles so so it's it would be difficult to say that I could guarantee consistency on every round because there's always a possibility of, of, of some mistake or human error, or maybe even each individual component having some lot to lot consistency issues. 
but we do our best. We're doing quality control checks at almost every step and, and making sure that we're, we're putting out a quality product for you guys. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the next question, will you reload a customer's brass? I've had a lot of requests for that so far. Let's just say that a lot of guys want to know, Hey, uh, I've been loading for a while. I got this big box of Lapua 6547 single, you know, once fired brass and just can't seem to get those, those numbers down. Would you be willing to reload my brass? And we will, we will reload your brass. Of course, if it, if it passes some inspection standards and we're not going to reload Hornady brass. If it doesn't come from us, Amen. and not normally, anyways, I would not. I would just throw it away. <laughs> Hornady brass cost is is so low as a, as a manufacturer that it's not worth the labor intensive processes that are involved to bring it back to our standards. But if you're working with Lapua brass, ADG brass, Nozzle brass, even some Norma brass, um, but, not, but, not but those about- one guy's brass, but. <laughs> <laughs> not the Bertram brass. <laughs> no, no, Bertram brass. I'm sorry, Bertram brass is acceptable. It's uh, we're willing to work with you guys. We're willing to work with really any any shooter, you know, any project, anything you guys want to work on. Just just give us a holler and and talk with us about what your goals are. And we're definitely open and willing to to expanding uh, our offerings for sure. Obviously, the stuff you reload out of here that's virgin, you'll reload that if they send it back to you. Absolutely. With yeah. the ex- with the exception of the, the Hornady stuff, like I said, it's just not. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. end, I, I can almost offer you the same Hornady ammunition right. cheaper as new brass that, than we could if it was reloaded. But And being a guy that tests it, you're going to get better consistency, better speed, oh, not using Hornady brass out of the stuff that's out there. You're definitely going to get better speed. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could look at the spreadsheet right now, and I have I have so much data collected with just Hornady next to ADG now that you see consistently from forty to seventy five feet per second faster on the same exact charge. It's, it's nothing is is different from one piece of ammunition to the next, other than the brass, and it just I mean ADG they they stand alone. They it holds pressure so well, it's so consistent that it really I mean like you said you shot some Virgin six uh, five PRC ADG ammunition mm-hmm. and performed fantastic i mean to get that out of the box on on unfire formed brass is pretty impressive yeah nowadays. i i'd like looked at that my buzz like that says nine and it was over seven shots so yeah. to me i mean that's not a lot that's to some but to me i oh well, some I, guys are shooting three shots hoping for a single i mean you get to oh, seven dude, that's that's impressive i was shooting Hornaday factory and i was hoping to get under 50 <laughs> yeah, 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 that's so the truth. i i uh you know that you're doing something right. Maybe we, maybe we should just touch on, I mean, what what is extreme spread and standard deviation? Maybe some of the guys that are listening. Uh, so extreme spread would be, uh, let's say, across a five-shot group. It would be your, your max velocity minus your minimum velocity, and that would be your extreme spread. Uh, your standard deviation really means how likely it's going to look at the, the mean or the average of your shot string. And it's going to give you a number that tells you how likely it is to be within a certain range above or below mm-hmm. that average. So if you were to have an SD of five, for example, and your, your speed was 3000 feet per second, it would be from 3005 to 2995. That would be what an SD would be. So guys are really looking for single digit SDs, which, which is great. If you can see a single digit ES, that's even, that's even better. Where do you think this is a topic I always hear on Rockside too, long range shooting anywhere forums? What's acceptable? What's acceptable at a thousand yards? What ES would you go hunting with and be careful to see that elk out there at nine ninety and you mm-hmm. say, All right, these I'm this thing's done. I think I think 
practice. I would say single digit, but single digit for some guys is unattainable. What you can really do is is plug that data into a calculator. Look at your look at your drop difference between three thousand feet per second, let's say, and twenty nine fifty. If you mm-hmm. see a eighteen inch difference between over fifty foot per second, and your extreme spread is fifty feet per second. That's telling you how likely you are to miss your shot. I mean, if it's an 18-inch difference and you're aiming at the kill box, if you're at the extreme spreads up or down, you're going to miss that animal. And that comes back to you know preparation, practice, getting ready for this big hunt that we're all waiting for. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about it. And then you go out there with some ammunition with a 50-foot-per-second ES from Hornady off the box, mm-hmm. out of the box, off the shelf in Cabela's, and you're going to miss that shot. Right. The, the ch- that is not an ethical shot. At that point, if if it's that good of a chance that you're going to miss, you should never take that shot. So I, maybe there's not an exact number, but maybe depending on what game animal you're hunting, there is a, a you know, a size of kill box. I say mm-hmm. a deer kill box is, is smaller than an elk. And if you can't put yourself in that kill box off center, in other words, let's say on an elk, it's four inches up and four inches down, right? Five inches up, five inches down. If you can't stay in that box, with the spread on your ammo, then you shouldn't be taking that shot at that range. I did a little testing on it and uh, verticals. But again, this only really people say get all amped up on anything under 600 yards. We're not talking to you guys. We're mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like long range hunting, you shouldn't probably listen to this podcast. <laughs> but at a thousand yards, I noticed testing that because I was doing a review. I still have to interview on Hornaday factory ammo is 25 is about the limit I want to have mm-hmm. tops. I mean, your, your stuff at nine is better. Obviously the lower you can get that SD or ES, the better, mm-hmm. but I started noticing a pretty good vertical spread above 25 at a thousand, 1200 yards. Oh, yeah. So to me, seeing a nine on yours for an ES gives me pretty much the green light that this is going to work yes. at that distance. And I'm not thinking, Hmm, is this going to come out at 2,900 or is it going to come out at 2,955? You don't have to guess. Yes. Right. So I think that alleviate it's, it's, it's these micro steps is what makes an accurate shot at long range mm-hmm. doing all the little things, which you do here to make that long range shot happen mm-hmm. on that one shot cord cold bore kill at 10 degrees on a November day. Yeah. And it's got to work. Yeah. So with snow in your face, with snow in your face, yeah, yeah. walking uphill both ways. But I think, I think to answer your question too, is that you, if you care enough about being an ethical hunter, you can actually put math to that. That's, that's why I love doing this. That's why, that's why I love talking to guys about it. Cause almost every time you don't have to guess, you can put math to this. You can put data to this. You can put practice to this guy calls and says, Hey, should I, should I neck turn my brass? Well, I'll tell you what, take five cartridges that you didn't neck turn. Take five that you did neck turn and tell me what the difference is. You, you don't have to ask. You can prove whether or not something is going to make a difference. So with your ES, you can plug into a calculator based on the game animal you're trying to hunt. First of all, to make sure you have enough uh, energy on target at what distance you're trying to shoot at. And you can look at your drop in inches at that distance with your spread to see if you're ethical or not. It all makes sense to me. Neck, neck turning is for people that have a lot of extra time for no apparent reason. <laughs> so, some guys, some guys have rifles chambered with, with you know tight, tight, tight neck, neck. Tight, yeah. and, and, you know, to each their own. We we, we do offer. I, I will neck turn if that's what you need for your ammunition. I mean, we we use twenty first century uh, neck turning lathe setup, and and it works. You know, but we don't we don't often have requests for it. We'll just say that. Fair enough. The uh, we touched on this already too. Uh, will you load 
to my specifications. Yeah, this is a... Uh, we will load any safe recipe that you have, and we are as capable of loading your recipe as you are. Most likely, let's say better, just because of the tooling and the and the experience and the processes that we have in place. But, I mean, unless you're that guy with a Prometheus, if it, if <laughs> if you've got a Prometheus scale in your shop, we're not the reloader for you because uh, we're we're only running AND FX 120i. But we will load to any recipe that you have, any coal or any cartridge based O drive. Now there are some, uh, obviously, using a comparative tool of any kind is is comparing one measurement to another using the same tool. However, that being said, uh, we use Sinclair housings and comparator inserts. Uh, they're pretty accurate. The, you might have a couple, two, three thousands variance between your measurement and mine, but it's going to be there, and it gives us a great place to start. So maybe we move into load development and then a little bit, I think, because one thing we're offering to customers today is uh, a load development ammunition box. Um we will load up any ladder tests. If you want to shoot five different bullets in the same box of ammo, we'll do it. We'll do whatever you guys need, you know, to help yourselves become mm-hmm. better shooters. And um, if you have your own cartridge based to OJIVE measurement from tooling that you have at home or somebody else has already taken the measurement on the rifle, we can use that measurement. And, and we're going to load. Normally, when we do a seating depth ladder, you're at the lands, touching the lands, 20 off, 40 off, 60 off, 80 off, 100 off. And most of the time, from from touching to a hundred off, you're going to find that sweet spot for that bullet. Gotcha. Um, so, so yeah. So that's a, that's a load development box. Like I said, we'll we'll load basically anything you guys want to shoot, any ladder, and that's another interesting fact. When you guys are using your charge master scales to load up your tenth grain increment ladder tests, but your scale has a 0.15 variance across ten charges, mm-hmm. you're really shooting yourself in the foot. How can you collect solid data from a tool that is not as accurate as you're trying to perform your test at? You know, it's not, you can't do 10th grain increment ladder tests with a charge master because the accuracy is not there. So let's say you guys, uh, when we do load development and we're loading a 10th grain ladder test, we can give you a test that's accurate to the kernel, mm-hmm. which will help collect solid data for you. And and when you're doing load development, you're looking for a plateau. You're looking for, you know, I have, I have a pretty badass spreadsheet that does all this calculations for you and spits out some, some pretty graphs and, and you're looking for a plateau in the load. If you can get in the middle of a nice plateau Afterwards, you could reload your your ammunition on a charge master, and you have some give left or right to stay in the same velocity area. Right. But when you're actually developing your load, you don't have fudge room. If you want to load a tenth grain ladder test, you need to have kernel accurate powder throws. So if you can't guarantee that, mm-hmm. we can. See, and I load. I have two charge masters, but I'm with you. One time, I noticed that I was getting these weird velocity spikes, and I started double checking my charge master. Mm-hmm. And as I was reloading, it was same load. Say it was 98 grains. It was, it was wandering up. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to 99 grains and then, and then to hundred. I don't know why that happens, but yeah. I started double checking another scale and it seemed like the longer I would run that scale, the more it would try to gain, gain weight. And it was weird because it'd still say 98 and that's where it was, you know, saying it was beeping out saying the load is ready to pour. And, uh, I'd put it on the other scale and it'd be 99, mm-hmm. 99.5. Mm-hmm. So you, if you do use a charge master, you better be double checking it. So, I mean, 
guys are guys are loading their own ammunition. They're loading their their ladder tests. Uh, they're developing a load, and they're starting off with these charges that are that are not nearly accurate enough to be as precise as they want their test to be. And then when it doesn't work, when they don't see the numbers they want, they start looking for all these other ways that they all these other steps that they're going to have to perform to get that test to give them the results they want to see. Mm-hmm. When it's a it's a it's a troubleshooting tree. If at the top of the tree you have to go left or right and you can't pick the right direction to move on to the next step, like are my powder charges accurate? No, get a new scale. Yeah. Are my powder charge accurate? Yes, okay. Is my neck tension consistent? You can't continue moving down your troubleshooting tree until you make the right decision at the first step. So yeah. That makes sense. Okay, what if the customer buys some ammo from you and it will not shoot in their gun? That's tough. I think uh I think everybody's had that experience where some ammo they purchased or loaded themselves just didn't shoot. You know, part of the load development process, choosing the right powder, choosing the right bullet. Um, sometimes you just end up with a no. Sometimes a guy calls for a load development and he wants to shoot a 230 burger hybrid. Sometimes it's a no. It just, you know, no matter what we do, we cannot get it to shoot well. So there is going to be, the, and especially with production ammunition. And when I say production ammunition, I mean our ammunition that's loaded to our spec that's been tested you go on to the website, buy a box of ammo that's not customized for you, and it comes as a production load. Um, our production loads have been tested by ourselves as well as sold several times, obviously, to customers who, mm-hmm. who have nothing but great things to say. So we have some good idea that that it's a quality load. So if you call and say, hey, this this ammo is just all over the place, uh, you know, what can we do about it? Well, first, we want to make it right. So I'll start to ask you questions about your rifle, um, the situation where you were shooting, and try and maybe diagnose maybe that bullet was too heavy for your twist. Maybe right. you didn't, maybe you weren't able to stabilize that bullet. Um, there could be, you know, obviously a lot of things that are going on. And of course, I'm not saying that it's never the ammunition because it very well could be. But we will work with you. We will make it right. And we will make sure that when the situation is over, you'll be a happy camper, <laughs> basically. It's hard to do that because you could have a guy at a one in twelve twist don't know ask you to shoot two thirty burgers and it's never going to happen. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So or a guy it. that's never shot past a hundred yards that tried to take your ammo to a thousand and doesn't have the marksmanship skills to get there. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of things that can go wrong when we're trying to reach out at long distance. So dude's got a Tasco on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're 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 shooters. You guys are shooters, and and we're really here just to make you you know able to shoot better. So maybe the answer to to that ammunition not working for your rifle is let's set you up with a ladder test. Let's, let's try some different bullets. Let's, uh, you know, let's move forward to a solution rather than just say, Hey, this is not going to work for me. All right. Uh, can a guy, this is one that I, I've almost done this before, but I was telling you it's, it's a hard step for me. Can a person send you his whole rifle and you'll develop it and send it back ready to go? Yes. And I know that's tough. I think, uh, I think to a lot of us, we have that one rifle that's our baby. And if we were ever wanting to get a load developed, you know, by somebody else that's doing it, uh, it would be for that rifle, right? And to put that rifle in the mail and have it shipped with UPS, who's going to drop it. And uh, <laughs> one of the customers of mine, they actually, he had a, I couldn't tell you the name brand of the hard case, but it was like, a, it wasn't a Pelican, but it was a Pelican type big hard case. You know, rifle shows up and, and I'm looking at the wheels on the bottom and one of the wheels is cocked and there's a huge crack in his case. So, you know, I sent him a picture. I'm like, hey, 
we didn't do this. This is how it showed up. And, you know, he says, well, leave it to UPS to break an unbreakable case. So it's tough. It really it is. is. So I would say, first of all, we, yes, you can ship us your rifle. I would say, you know, on our, on our frequently asked questions on the website, I put package it well. I mean, because I'm not going to send it back not packaged well. If I have to go buy a box and a whole roll of bubble wrap to send mm-hmm. it back the way it needed to be shipped, then that's, you know, you're going to have to pay for that. But, um, yeah, so ship us your rifle. And of course, don't, don't just ship a rifle out of nowhere to make sure we've talked with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we do have a load development request form on the website that really kind of asks some basic questions to get us started. And then I'll follow up either with an email or a phone call with you and make sure that we can, that we can tackle your project. I don't want to promise anything that can't be achieved. Mm-hmm. That being said, like we talked about stabilizing, let's say a 230 burger bullet. If you have a 308 rifle and you want to develop a load and you want to shoot that 230 burger hybrid like your buddy, it's probably not going to happen with your one in 12 twist 308, <laughs> you know, factory chambered rifle that you're looking for quarter ammo yeah. out of. So I really just like to speak with a guy on the phone and make sure that there are, you know, realistic expectations in place and make sure we're on the same page. And I don't want to, I don't want to promise anything that, that, that we can't, uh, that we can't achieve with your rifle. Um, we did just have a load that shot third MOA out of a factory Christensen MPR and your favorite cartridge, 300 Nancy. So, <laughs> um, it, you know, third half MOA is achievable from a factory rifle today. I mean, Christensen arms, fierce, um, rifles are, are getting better and better. Don't, no doubt. It, you would hope that if you're, somebody's going to send you a rifle, you guys have a lot of communication. And you're great about communication from me. Me, you, you didn't know who I was. I called you. I talked to you. I emailed you back and forth. You're great yeah. with communication. But to me, you would hope the person sending you a rifle has a lot of communication before they send you something you can't do anyways, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, For sure. it's not all on you. The person has to have, yeah. uh, to me, has to have a do their homework before they send it. And and I feel the same way. So the, you know, this, this customer in particular, I was, I was texting pictures and talking throughout the entire process, letting him know, you know, how the testing was going. It's like maybe, maybe like babysitting somebody's kid, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you're always checking in. How's my baby doing? And exactly. You know, so, so if you, if you need a picture of your rifle while it's here, if you want to see what it looks like sitting in the safe, just let me know and I'll, I'll get you a picture headed over. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think nowadays today with, let's say Amazon, all these systems we have in place where we're looking for instant gratification. Uh, you know, load development is not an instant thing and it will take us a week or two to, to, you know, get everything moving. And like I said, we're, we're happy to to send you some pictures to, uh, we have your rifle here in the shop right now. So I'll I was be- just going to say that <laughs> I, I am not, I have not done it and I'm not, I reload a lot and I don't like it. I totally, I hate reloading. It doesn't give me any peace. It always is last minute and stressful. My wife's usually yelling at me like, what the hell are you out there reloading for? So I, he is going to do a total workup on a bullet I've never used with brass we've never used on the 300 Terminator. Yes, I can drive to his house, so that helps. But I, after knowing him, if it makes anybody feel any better, I would, without doubt, send my rifle to Jake, no problem. Thank you. Just make sure that. you do your part and box the sucker up because yes, I've even got from from manufacturers to a test rifle yeah in like cardboard and saran wrap and I'm like what the hell yeah so yeah and of course I mean that being said too when your rifle shipped even I mean if you're if you're flying across the country to go do some big hunt when you get there I hope that you've checked your zero I hope that you've taken a new velocity because you're shooting at seventy instead of thirty. Um, so yeah, so of course when you get your rifle back, I'll, I'll make sure I'm informing you. Hey, did we set the zero? 
or maybe what your dial is, you know, to get close and things like that. But definitely check the rifle when you get it back after it's been banged around. All right. And this next one, I've, I never really thought about it, but it makes sense after you kind of broke it down. It's, can you tell me about your reloading subscription service? Yes. So this is a, this is an idea I've been throwing around and we are working with a few guys uh, for feedback right now, but competition shooting is just exploding all over the country. You know, guys are, are loving to shoot long range or loving to get into that, that competition type environment uh, under pressure. And most of the time guys that are shooting competition, they are, you know, they have a day job. They're working all day, every day and reloading is it's time consuming, especially if you don't have equipment that's throwing powder charges in less than 10 seconds. You know, if you're nitpicking down to the kernel with hand, you know, straws and things like this, it's, it's time consuming. It is. If you're a procrastinator like me. Yeah. So, I mean, how many times do I see Instagram posts about people loading the night before the match? Well, if you're uploading the night before the match, then you're not sleeping like you should be getting ready to shoot well the next morning. Um, so I had this idea for a, a subscription service in a way. I mean, we'll call it, it's not a subscription that has to be done every month. It's more subscription like, hey, we have your recipe. Ship us back your brass. We're going to reload it to your recipe and send it right back to you. So the idea being, so for 200 rounds of 6.5 caliber and smaller standard bolt face cartridges. I got a few listed here. We got... You know, 6 Creedmoor, 6 5 Creedmoor, 6 BR, 6 XC, 6 Dasher, 6 547, 6 GT, and 25 Creedmoor. These are all bullets that were that were the only ones I, I'm not doing at the moment are 6 Dasher and 6 GT, but we are we will be getting everything for those. Um, so for 200 rounds, now this is for the reloading service. It's going to be 249. What 249 is going to do for you, it's going to cover shipping there and back. You're going to receive your loaded ammunition with a return label inside the box. When you're done shooting those 200 rounds, put the brass back in the nice MTM cases they showed up in. Slap the return label on the box. When it gets here to the shop, we're going to look up your load on file. We got your credit card already. And we're going to charge you, load your ammo, turn around and ship it right back to your house without any further input from the customer. So what that means for these competition shooters is that those guys that maybe have uh, not enough time to shoot the matches they want to shoot because they can't reload things like this. When you're done shooting that match and you get that box in the mail, just drop it off the UPS store. A couple weeks later, it's going to show up loaded, ready to shoot your next match. And I mean, you know the quality we're putting out. We're putting out single-digit ESSD ammunition. It's going to be the same thing for all these different cartridges. It's going to be your recipe. If you have a recipe you develop for your rifle that's just hammering, we're going to load it to the same recipe or we have our own production load recipes. Uh, if you needed more than 200 rounds, you know, you can add on however many you need buck 29 around after the, the 249 charge. Like I said, that covers shipping uh, to and from the customer. And, and we're really open to feedback at this point. If there's uh, one of you guys out there that has a, something different in mind, or maybe you'd like to do it a different way or a different cartridge or a different process, whatever it is, you know, we're, we're willing to work with guys and, mm -hmm. and, and get this process off the ground, but we're going to keep all of those uh, common bullets, common cartridges, common powders. We're going to keep all that on hand all the time so that when your ammo does show up, it's going to get turned around fast. And uh, yeah, so kind of like a, a subscription. Hey, maybe, maybe you load on your own most of the time, but maybe you want that 200 rounds sitting there for that time. You can't get to it or uh, you know, you got a match coming up in a, in a month and yeah. That's fantastic. I've, I don't know anybody else doing that. 
So yeah, that I mean, sounds like a really good idea. We've we've had some guys asking uh, about it. We're testing it out with a few different shooters, and and you know, and again, so going back to that, we're not doing that with Hornady brass. This is <laughs> the, now most of these cases, the the comp shooters don't want to use Hornady brass anyway. So most of it's either Lapua, uh, Peterson, maybe that other guy, but uh, <laughs> other guy. We're, we're, yeah. So and and then we want to work with head stamp brass also. So for things like six dasher, I know some of you guys are forming Lapua brass for six dasher. Uh, we will work with the Norma brass. It's a, it has a little bit of a long neck to it, but we'll work with you. Um, and then of course that six GT that all these, I don't know what, why do they call it gay tiger? <laughs> I have the, no the, idea. There's six GT round. I don't know why I see, I see on the Instagram there, there'll be some six GT rifles and even on the side of the, the barrel where they put the, the cartridge on there, it'll say gay tiger. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but I'm not, I'm not like a comp shooter at heart or long range hunters. You and I, so maybe it was made in San Diego <sighs> or San Francisco. I should have said not San Diego, San Francisco. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> but so so the, the point being there is that we want to work with head stamp brass, obviously for insurance reasons, for safety reasons, a uh, lot of ammunition moving through the shop. We don't want to get confused with a a piece of brass that's head stamped one way, but it's actually formed another way. So just keep that in mind if you're interested in the subscription service. And, and if you are interested in the service, uh, send us an email, you know, your recipe, to make sure it's one of the powders we're going to keep in stock, things like this, and uh, and we'll get you set up. So basically, you know, you don't have to call anybody and tell them, hey, my my brass has come in. You know, you put the box in the mm-hmm. mail with the you know with the UPS label on there, drop it off UPS store, and when it gets here, we're just going to go after it. We're not going to call you. We're not going to say, hey, is it okay? We're just going to reload your ammo and get it turned right back around, right back at your front door. On that. Turn like can you break down the turnaround time for that like subscription so called service, or like if I'm a customer and I call in and I want some, whatever three hundred Nancy, <laughs> and you what's the turnaround time generally for the just a regular hunter customer not out of subscription? And then what is the turnaround time for the subscription customer? Yeah, um, if we have all the components in stock, we keep we keep most of the bullets that we're offering online in stock. If we have all the components in stock on the shelf, it's going to be no more than a couple business days. Like I said, we build the ammunition to order so that all of the the rounds that you order are built uh, off mm-hmm. the line at the same time. And so within a couple of days, for sure, if components are in stock, if components are not in stock, if you order something that says back order on the website, it doesn't mean uh, it's back order for us, meaning that we don't have the component in stock in the moment. So it usually takes about a week to bring in anything into the shop. And then after that, a couple of days to load it up. So, so no more than a couple of weeks if we need to order something in. Uh, for the subscription service, we plan on keeping everything we need for all of those cartridges in, in stock all the time. And uh, that should be within the week. From the, from the time I receive the package here at the shop, it will be back out the door within a week, mm-hmm. within a business week. And then, of course, keep in mind that all ammunition has to ship ground. It's ORMD, uh, hazardous materials, so it must ship ground. We use UPS. We use a, we're set up on a flat rate, so it's $12.50 for our small box. And, and if you order four or more boxes, it's going to be free shipping. That's when you're ordering off the site. The subscription service, the, the shipping is built into that, to that subscription fee gotcha. there and back. So it's not going to be, guys, people like free shipping. So it's not free, but it's built into the cost, and it's very affordable. I doubt that many people could reload their own ammo at that price. It'd be pretty tough. Of course, we we get things wholesale, distributor cost. We buy in bulk, right. um, so that's how we're able to do it at that price level. But 
you might be pleasantly surprised. It might shoot a little bit better than, than your load. So is there on that shipping thing, is there any States you can't ship to? Yeah. So because ammunition has to go ground first, we're only shipping to the United States. Right. Um, we will work with, uh, we've worked with a couple exporters already. So if you have an exporter that, that is licensed and set up to ship ammunition, we will ship to them, but it must be a, a U.S. address. So being that it has to ship ground, Alaska and Hawaii, they pose their own issues, but we can ship ocean freight to those states. So I work with Alaska Marine Lines going to Alaska. Uh, it'll go out of Seattle. So any of the ports that Alaska Marine Lines travels to from Seattle uh, to the state, it's about 140 bucks or so for like a 24-inch square box. Wow. And it can weigh anything, but if I know it's expensive, but they don't have a lot of options up there. So if... Uh, what could you pack in there? Could probably get... I could probably get 15, probably up to 1,000 rounds, I would say. 1,000 rounds, small ammunition, maybe 750 or so big rounds. Gotcha. But yeah, if you team up with some other guys and you want to order some ammo to Alaska, we're definitely really – it's a lot more paperwork for us. It's a – you know, they need a lot of international type of paperwork stuff. But um, for Hawaii, we haven't shipped to Hawaii yet ammunition. But if you have, if you're in Hawaii and you have some type of freighter service that, that you want to use, we're, we're willing to work with them. And then, of course, our, our own 48 contiguous states have their own problems. Uh, those California guys in particular, we will ship to California. <laughs> the only stipulation is that it must go to an FFL. So from us being an FFL, we can ship ammunition to your FFL in California. You know, f find the local guy that lives in your neighborhood. Go on FFL search on on the internet. Find a guy that lives down the street that's doing it and, and see what he's going to charge you to receive a box for you. Most guys, it's not much. But we have shipped to California several times so far, and, and we'll continue to do that. There are some other states that New York has their own problems. Um, let me see on my list here. A couple other states have some problems, but really it's up to the customer to to know what your state laws are and uh, and make sure you can receive ammo. What the fuck is yeah. wrong with the state of California? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have... Uh, they just don't like America. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's actually an interesting fact because I would say that 50% of our orders come from Texas. And, and it's it's a big gun state, you know? A lot, a lot of guys shooting guns out there. A lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys hunting, so... Is there... Say a guy wants, is there anything you won't reload ammo? I mean, is there anybody's a certain case? Is there like, can you reload, you know, 375 chi tac I mean, I, I would say moving forward. So we do have a list of uh, available cartridges that I have on the website and it, it's everything there that we can do with our existing tooling setup. Um, there's really nothing I would say no to, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready to work with people. I'm ready to build business. And, uh, you know, we're putting out a good product. And if you want to try it out and it's not something I'm doing at the moment, you know, I'll work with you. I'll, I'm basically, we're adding tooling all the time. So if you call me up, uh, one guy had message on Instagram there, hey, maybe I'll send you my 300 H&H. &H. I've never done that, but I will do it. I'll bring in the tooling and I'll work with you on that project. And, and yeah. Yeah. If you are in, in northern Idaho, I mean, how much face-to-face -face stuff do you want to do? A lot? None? Zero? Face-to-face -face is fine. There's okay. been uh, not too many guys come into the shop, but, you know, I'm uh, I'm fine with it, especially if you want to bring a rifle. Even if yeah. even if you wanted to, I mean, meet up somewhere. I mean, if you're 400 miles away or something and you want to meet and yeah. switch, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm up to anything. Jake's in the Coeur d'Alene area, so there's a lot of guys that shoot around here. So, yeah, yeah look him up. Um 
Did, do you really want to get into the alpha alpha problem? Well, I'll just, I'll just say it this way. So we, if you were confused a little bit with the name change, we started off with the name Alpha Unknown. Um, that was a name that, that my family and I settled on. We, we thought was pretty cool, and, and we ran with it. And we did do our due diligence within the state of Idaho, checking and things like that. Uh, but apparently we didn't check everywhere that we were supposed to. So we were served a, a trademark dispute over the use of the word alpha and subsequently decided to change our name. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm not a guy to hold the beef or anything like that. It, I honestly think maybe the name that we have now might be better moving forward. It kind of aligns better with the, with the business model with munitions and the name being that, you know, we're dealing in ammunition. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. I also want to say if any of you guys have alpha unknown decals out there that you were sent or that you purchased, um, I will exchange those for free. I have all the decals in stock now with the new logo. So if you wanted to uh, mail it to me, I'll mail it back to you free of charge, new, mm-hmm. new decal there, but we're happy with a new name. I like it. Yeah. I, I, it was, I, this is me talking, not Jake. I thought it was chicken shit when Backcountry does did it to everybody, and I think it's chicken shit when Alpha did it. The Alpha's doing this to people. So, yeah, yeah. if your business isn't big enough to run on its own, and you I think you have to go pick on little guys, that's complete bullshit in my opinion. But yeah. that's my opinion. Thank so, you. Anyways, Jake, thanks for coming on. You did awesome. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Oh, before we forget, where can they find you? I don't even know if we brought everything up. What's the name? Word website? What's the okay, social media? Yeah. Unknown munitions. Uh, and then it's the same name across the board. We're only doing Instagram right now. After the, the name change, I, I quit on the Facebook. Um, but so Instagram's our main source of communication for social media. And it's unknownmunitions.com. Uh, we do have a shop phone. Email is uh, sales at unknownmunitions.com. All of that is listed on Instagram under the contact. Mm-hmm. And yeah, call the shop phone. You got any questions? You want to? You want to bullshit about ammunition? Give me a call. I'll try you want to, to talk about the Nancy. Yeah, you want to talk about Nancy? That's fine too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, if you want to call and talk about what we're going to do for you or have any questions about reloading, give me a call. We're here. We're here to help. And those guys that don't like calling, the the FAQ he has is actually very informative. If you have a question, it's probably already on there. Yes, sir. So thanks Perfect. for coming on, Jake. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ryan.